0: sometimes. But God is still here, and that's exciting. Amen? His spirit is still moving. And it's exciting to be back in Texas uh, this weekend. Actually, last weekend, me and Bethany were up in New England. That's, that's another part of the U.S., in case you're wondering. It's, it's another part of the country, besides Texas. Uh, but we're up in New England. We went up to Boston first, then up to the New England Singles Retreat. They had invited us uh, to go up there and to speak and even do a, a, a class on relationships up there. Uh, a little bit crazy, it, it actually snowed on us a couple of days up there. There was like snow on the mountains. I was all excited. I was like, snow, yay. They were like, no. They were giving me mean looks. I was like, I mean, just, you know, kind of excited it's, it's up here. I'll keep that to myself a little bit. Um, but uh, it, it was great being back. Uh, Bethany lived up there for, for 19 years. So she was like homecoming queen, reunion queen. Everyone was wanting to talk to her and say things to her. And I was like, "Hey, hey, I'm Adam. <laughs> Hi, good to see you. Nice to meet you." Uh, but it was great up there. Got to got to practice my my Boston accent, Parked the cod, Harvard Yard. Got to work on my ahs. Uh, apparently, they like to to add an R after words like idea, so it's idea. Um, but then they they take away R's on words like. Here it's like here, or, or there it's like there. Um, so so it was it was pretty fun uh, uh, listening to everything and just trying to trying to process that. Can you speak a little slower, please? You know that was, but uh, but it, it was great. Also got to use the word uh, wicked a lot. Uh, they get to use the word wicked a lot which means good. Uh, so it's like wicked wicked awesome. But it was a fun a fun time. We got to share about. Uh, the great things that are happening here, and then we also got to learn about uh, a lot of the good things that are going on uh, up there. And it's cool just just having this uh, this family of disciples, this, this family of churches around the world, uh, where we can encourage one another, we can learn from each other. Uh, we're all in this together, uh, praying for each other and trying to help each other out. But let's go ahead and turn to Matthew chapter 28, and my title this morning is rise and go. And my hope is to strengthen your resolve to to go and be significant in the world around you, to proclaim God's word, which is something I know uh, we as a church have been talking about a lot this year, going and uh, proclaiming his word, uh, teaching, serving. Today we're going to be talking about proclaiming. In Matthew chapter 28, verse 1, Afraid, yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly, Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him, clasped his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. Skipping down to verse 16, it says, Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee. To the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go. Imagine the scene here a little bit with me. Imagine the scene as you have Jesus, who's just died on the cross, went to the grave, Rose again, I mean, he's excited, he's ready to go, he's ready to launch this thing. But then you have the disciples, and they're there, and, and as we study out the, the Gospels, we see that there was, there was, there was amazement, there was a, a willingness to follow, but the Scripture says some still doubted. Maybe part of that some was Matthew himself. And that's why I included it in the gospel there. But I can certainly say that I have faced some doubts when trying to go. When trying to go do great things for the Lord. I remember the first time feeling that call of, of going. I was walking around Los Angeles, minding my own business. When I walked into this, this art gallery store, I, I had just moved there from Georgia. I was just checking out the scene. And this this disciple came up to me, I didn't know he was a disciple, Uh, but he came up to me, he was manager of the store, he was part of the singles ministry out there in LA, and he started talking to me uh, a little bit, bit by bit, and then before I knew it, he was talking to me about church, and he was inviting me out to church, and and I had a little bit of doubts because he said he was from Church of Christ, and I I didn't know what that meant, I thought it meant like snake handling, or something really interesting like that, I I wasn't really sure, Uh, you know, I grew up around churches in Georgia. But I went out, and uh, then they started studying the Bible with me. And then I kind of had some doubts because they, they, they started presenting to me things in the Bible that I was like, well, that's, that's not what I grew up learning. That's not what I believe. I, I don't know about that. And so we had some, you know, very mild-mannered conversations about those kind of things. Um, but it was good. I, you know, I appreciate the guys helping me out, especially because I was a knucklehead. I mean, I thought I had it all on right, but I was living contrary to what the gospel was saying. Drugs, alcohol, women, anger, lies. It was all there. But thankfully, they hung in there with me. And actually, 12 years ago, this last Monday, I was baptized in a nice little jacuzzi out there. and got the forgiveness of my sins. We got that picture. Oh, yeah, right there. Paul really needed to hold me down that long. Uh, Maybe that's my sin, that darker part of the screen going away there. I remember coming out of the water and being so excited, excited about Jesus, excited about being a disciple. Let's go and make disciples. Wandering up to strange-looking people at gas stations, you know, telling them about God, uh, dreaming about baptizing people, dreaming about leading studies, Dreaming about going back and telling my family about what had happened and, and, and converting them. All sorts of dreams. Changing the world. Shaking things up for Jesus. But over time, there's some different obstacles that came up. Some different doubts. I mean, I remember leading my, my first studies and, and nothing Really happening. I remember trying to 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 go back and and share with my my friends and family back home, but not really having the results that I wanted to have. I remember finally baptizing some people, and then one of them falling away, and just feeling that the investment, just the the heart feeling ripped, as you've you've cared and invested for people, and then they you see them walk away. From God. I mean, I think about even even during this uh, last month or so as we had the the March Madness mission team, as all the yeah, woo, as all the singles came over and and we tried to to focus on going and making disciples, and we went out during the week, and it was it was incredible as everyone else had great news and they came back. I and mean, then I'm sitting there thinking, wow, can God still can God still work in me? Can God still do things? my life and maybe you felt a little bit about that doubt in your life before maybe in your uh, maybe it's in your 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 city where you where you live or maybe it's in maybe it's in your school where you're trying to impact people Uh, maybe it's just in in your life as you've gone along you're starting to feel uh, a little bit of doubts and you're starting to do more stopping than actually going And just like the disciples 2,000 years ago, we can all get a little stuck sometimes. We can all have doubts about going and and making a difference. In verse 17 of Matthew 28, the Greek word for doubt is distazo, meaning to doubt, to waver, to stand in two ways, double standing. It appears twice, once here and another time in in Matthew 14, uh, 31. I believe, where Peter is is being called to walk on water. And he sees Jesus, and he's walking. But then he double stands, and he starts to sink. It's the doubts, the double standing, that really prevents us from doing great things for God. That really prevents us from making meaningful marks in, in our time, in our generation. So how can we overcome our doubt? How can we rise and go the way God wants us to? How can we proclaim God's word the way he wants to? Well, fortunately, this is the upside, the Bible has a lot to say about it. We're not going to talk about all of it, but I am today going to talk about the ABCs and D of rising and going. Number one, A, adjust your focus adjust your focus in Colossians 3.1 go ahead and turn over there Colossians 3.1 Colossians 3 will be the uh, uh, the through line section of scripture we'll be looking at most of the time today but in Colossians 3.1 it says since then you have been raised with Christ set your hearts on things below where wait a minute I don't think that's right. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on the things around you, your circumstances. I don't think that's right either. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. If we want to go, we've got to be focused on Christ, what he's done, who he is, his very nature, his sacrifice for us. When I was in high school, I was on a swimming team, and uh, one of the, the races I was in was the uh, the medley relay, and I was actually the the first part of it, no pressure, uh, but I, I did the the backstroke, and so I had, to, I had to have a lot of focus to be able to do it. I had to first... You gotta climb up on the, the metal thing. Not sure what the technical name is, but you gotta climb up on that thing, and then it's uh, then you have to listen to the alarm go off, and you want to be focused when it goes off. And so you shoot off, and then you're then you're swimming underwater, doing that little dolphin kick, and then you come out of the water, and you're starting to swim. You got you gotta keep your focus, and then as you're going backwards, you know that there's a wall coming towards you. And eventually, if you do it right, you want to do a flip turn underwater and shoot back the other way and try to be going faster than the other people. And there's a focal point which helps you to know when to turn. But if you miss that focal point, a couple of things are going to (laughs) happen. One of which, pretty obvious, ouch, yes, you're going to hit that wall. Smack. Not fun. The other one is you're going to turn too early. You're going to shoot your legs off and not actually shoot them off, but, you know, kick them out. And you're going to miss that. You're going to miss the wall. And then you're just going to be floating in water while the other people are shooting right past you. Talk about awkward. And that's the same thing. If we're not focused on Christ, we're either going to be hitting some walls or the ground is going to go out from underneath us because we're not standing on the solid rock. 2 Corinthians 5.14, it says, For Christ's love compels us, because we are convinced that one died for all, and therefore all died. Us being motivated, it's by the love of Christ. It's by God's love. That's that's why we do what we do. It's not just the the excitement of, of being here on a Sunday morning, although it's cool to see everybody. But it's ultimately... That love, excitement only does so much. It's not about the glamour, the prestige to have those continual deep talks or, or deal with conflict. If I wanted glamour, I could continue to use my acting degree. Something I had, I could, uh, one of the, uh, the things I did out in L.A. was I hosted an ice skating show. Yeah, not the most glamorous. Had these like really bright shirts that they made me wear. Uh, I got to come out and be like, yo, 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 what's up? Hopefully that's not the only thing you remember from this morning. (laughs) Wicked awesome. But it's not about focusing on ourselves. It's about focusing on Christ. It's God's love that motivates. It's not the thrills. It's the love. Perfect love drives out all fear, as it says in 1 John 4.18. And if we're not adjusting to Christ and his love, we're going to live in the land of doubts. B. To B, B. Bury your dead. Bury your dead. A little known fact about me is that, uh, now that I'm sharing it with all of you, it won't be such a little old fact, but my dad actually worked in a funeral home as I was growing up, and uh, which meant that then, I had the chance to work at a funeral home occasionally as I was growing up. And let me tell you, it can be a little creepy working at a funeral home, especially late at night when everybody's gone and you're trying to close down the building and most of the lights are off and you start hearing these occasional sounds. It's like, what was that? What is that? And the last thing you want is for a whole bunch of dead bodies to start creeping up on you. You don't want the zombie apocalypse to happen in that moment. Or when you're driving a hearse. Like I was driving a hearse one time, too long thing, you know, and you got the, the body in the back. The last thing you want is to start hearing a tap, tap, tap on that, that glass. Or feel a hand start creeping up. Shoulder. It's creepy. Colossians 3 5, it says, Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived. But now you must also rid yourselves of all such things as these. Anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. That's quite the list. And all these things cause spiritual death. But God says to put your sin to death. The Greek word nekroyo, which means to slay it to put it to death, destroy the strength of it, deprive it of its power. And just like with some some dead bodies creeping up on you, you don't want sin creeping up on you. So don't get sentimental. Don't get nostalgic. Oh, remember those times? Those, were, you know, those weren't really that bad. Gosh, in fact, I, I think they were kind of fun. They're, I think they were easier than... How it is now, I mean, now it's kind of challenging. People are kind of challenging me on some things. I got to deal with stuff. Don't get nostalgic. Kill it. Slay it. Don't let it creep up on you. Keep that sin in the ground. Bury it. Take a shovel and hit it again if you got to. Necroio it. Don't double stand. Oh, I've had some... Impure thoughts. Well, you know, I'll just, I'll just hold on to these thoughts for a little bit. Oh, well, you know, if I do j- this just for a little bit, whatever the sin is, it won't be that bad. I'll, it'll just be, it'll just be this once. Well, you know, you wouldn't want a dead body to creep up on you just once. Come on, dead body, let's have a piggyback ride. It's all nasty hanging on you. In the same way, don't let your sin creep up on you. Have the same conviction about putting it to death. In verse nine, it says, "Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with its practices, and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator." You know, there's there's different types of lies, and I've kind of learned more and more about this as I became a disciple. But there's there's different types of lies. Uh, Look out, what's that? That's one lie. Some of you didn't move. I'm kind of (sighs) concerned. A little frightened. Maybe you're still thinking about burying your dead. That's all right. But that's one lie. There's the the obvious lie. There's the half-truth lie, where it's kind of a a blend of, of truth and lie. And then there's the lie where people ask you things, but you don't really share what's going on. You know you need to say something. You know you need to be open but you don't really talk about it. You don't resolve that conflict. You're not honest. It ends up being a lie. Maybe it's about your, your doubts. And a lot of times, if we're not, if we're not burying our, our sin, if we're not burying the dead, then it's a lot harder to really talk and be open about how we're feeling discouraged or how we're, we have some, uh, some temptation about sin that we need to deal with and talk about that. And if you're not being open, you're really cruising for a bruising that sometime you're going to hit a wall and it's going to hurt and god doesn't want to do that in 310 he talks about being renewed he wants to renovate us he wants to change us but when we're not being open we just put the brakes on in our life I i remember when i went through chemical recovery gosh it wasn't fun talking about all the the embarrassing sin that i did in my life it wasn't fun then it's it's not really fun now talking about embarrassing temptations and and sin that goes on my life now but but i know if i don't do it i'm gonna let sin creep up all over me i'm gonna be double standing and i don't want that to happen i want god to be able to renovate me and change me and do great things in my life c of abcs and d's of going is clothe yourself in love Clothe yourself in love. In Colossians 3.12, it says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Go and make disciples. But people don't react the way I want them to. Bear and forgive. But but people stop talking to us. Or people start saying things about us or, or they clobber us with a text or with Facebook put on love patience kindness what a, what about when disciples fall away some that even might have studied the bible with us clothe yourself with compassion and patience and hope that they will repent i remember when i moved to to Montana, from the warm, sunny beaches of L.A. Moved up to there to to snow-covered Montana. Walking around, it's like snow up to here. The sidewalks are paved out, but you got snow on either side. Uh, The wind cuts in your bones. You know, you just feel it. Your nose hairs are like all frozen up in there. You're just feeling all sorts of uncomfortable. But I remember reaching out to people. And the motivating thought was just thinking about love for others. Just thinking about, well, I, I'm helping people. I'm helping people in their, their choice towards an eternal consequence. I'm either helping them towards, towards heaven or I'm helping them towards hell. And I thought about that and I was just like, you know, I want to help people to know God. That sounds like a lot better option. That's the option I want for myself. But it's clothed with love. I remember that compassion, just just having that. I remember a bunch of us brothers uh, praying and and fasting uh, for for some disciples there on the campus of of Montana to be reached out to. We didn't have a a campus ministry. I was a single guy up there trying to reach out. I remember walking around campus, and I, I ran in this guy named Matt. I think we might have a picture of him up here. But I remember, hey, there he is. That's me, a little bit younger me. Uh, but I remember reaching out, and, and Matt was at this table, and he had some. He was actually handing out like hot chocolate for his uh, for his organization. I went up there, started talking to him, got some of the hot chocolate. Accidentally took some of it. I forgot I was fasting. I was like, oh no, the fast is ruined. God can't work. Fortunately, God can still work through my my mistakes. And it wasn't like, it wasn't like a, I just invited him out to church. I didn't have a lot of great things to say. I was cold. I was trying to drink some hot chocolate. But I just opened my mouth. And God used that. Said the Bible, and a little while later, he got baptized. Still doing good up in, uh, up in the great state of Montana. But I remember just that, just that heart, even here a couple of years ago, uh, reaching out praying for for some men and and me and bethany were walking into a a Barnes and noble and i see Amir sitting outside and he's sitting at this table go up to him start saying hello before i know it we're like talking about the bible all of a sudden just that compassion love for other people and then he gets baptized and then soon uh earlier this year a couple of months ago we see this guy david getting baptized he's over here yep there he is Uh uh-oh but I remember Robin, reaching out to him, just at a gym, just kept talking to him, fasting. And then we got to hop in there and, and study the Bible and, and baptize. But, it, but it's all just this heart of just loving people. That's all we have got to do is just open our mouths, open our minds to the world around us. And, and God will use us. It's not like I have this, this sparkling, amazing personality. It's not like I've said the right things. It's just opening my mouth for God seeing the world for how it is and, and wanting something better and i know it's it's tough to forgive it, it's tough to love others especially when they don't want to be loved that's not the call god has for us he wants us to go and if you're getting stuck then it's time to put on the clothing of compassion clothing of love in your life four A, B, C's, and D. Devote yourself to prayer and to the word. In Colossians 4, 2, it says, Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. And pray for us, too, that God may open a door for our message, so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ, for which I am in chains. Here's a real test for you. How much time do you spend in prayer each week? How much time do you spend? Is it each week? Is it, is it 20 minutes? Is it zero minutes? Is it an hour? Is it two hours? Three hours? I don't know. How much time do you do you spend in prayer? I don't know if you realize this, but when we have a, a lack of prayer to God, It actually reveals uh, an arrogance about ourselves. It's arrogant to think that we can go through this life without relying on God, our creator, without connecting with him. It shows where our heart is at. But it's it's amazing how when we're humbled, our prayer life goes up, right? Like when we're driving around in a, a storm or think there's a tornado coming. Wow, we start praying a lot to God. Or it's tax season and we're thinking about our taxes. Woo, that prayer goes up. Or when we're studying for an exam, we start connecting with God a lot more. Or maybe the NFL draft, we're trying to get our team to get the right player. Man, that prayer life goes up. I was in Montana coming back a trail and there was a, uh, there was a bear about, uh, probably from, from me to George. Imagine George is a bear over here. I was coming back this trail, and uh, all of a sudden, uh, the bear known as George comes across across the trail. So, of course, my first prayer is like, please, God, don't let it look at me. Please, God, don't let it look at me. Please, God, oh, it's looking at me. (laughs) And then my prayer shot up even more. Please, God, don't let it come after me. Please, God, don't let it eat me. Please, God, let it keep going on its way. Thankfully, God answered that prayer, and I'm here still today. The Bible says to be devoted to prayer. Not just when we're nervous, not just when we're afraid for our lives because there's a bear coming at us. But devoted, relying on God consistently, steadfastly, praying to God, being watchful and thankful, being aware of other situations, and not just praying about our own situations and being self-centered about ourselves. In Colossians 3:16, scooting back to Colossians 3 in verse 16, it says. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. Are you devoted so much to the scriptures that they richly dwell within you? Richly, abundantly. Not just having like one scripture in your arsenal like, oh, John 3.16. But abundantly dwelling. Are you hungry for the scriptures just like you are real food? Just like that food that's kind of left over at your house from some party or something, Bible talk. And you're hungry, it's late at night. You really don't want to go out or, 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 or buy something because it's, it's late. But there's some kind of snack there that, that someone left. Or maybe it was your roommate. Maybe they, maybe they left it, and they don't really like it. And you're like, it's bad. Why don't you have it? <laughs> and you're like, you, you try, you're like, no, that's bad. I don't want it. But it's late at night. You're looking through the cupboards. You're scanning. You're looking around. And that's all there is. So you close the door. You're like, no, I'll be all right. I can shake it off. I'm good. Then you start getting hungry again. Then you go back to the cupboard and you open it up, like anything's gonna change, but you still keep looking for something. Like, nope, there it is again. Like, no, I'm, I'm good, I'm good. Well, maybe I could eat just a little bit. Kind of open up and like snack. It's like this this granola that Bethany bought me the other day. Oh man, it tasted really bad, but but I, but I got it, and I was just like, mm. still bad Mm, man Mm, that's that's really bad wow this tastes horrible i can't believe i'm eating this right now and you just keep eating and eating that's the same way we should go after god's word even when it doesn't feel good even when it doesn't taste good because it's challenging motivating us to be to be more than we we thought we could be even when someone is sharing scriptures with us that we might not like to hear in that moment we still should have that hunger for the word to let it to let it dwell within us be addicted to it go after it keep reading it see god's victories in the in the bible in the past to realize that god is still working in our lives today the scriptures in the, the past are written to encourage us and to teach us. And if we're not being encouraged by the scriptures, then we're not being encouraged. But truly realize that, that God's word is, is not dead. That Jesus is not dead. He, he, he rose from the dead. He's alive. And he wants us to keep going and to go and make a difference in this world. Let's wrap up by looking back at Matthew 28. Matthew 28, verse 18. Matthew 28, verse 18. It said, then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always, to the very end of the age. One last set of scriptures. Matthew 1, we'll we'll show it up here. In Matthew 1, verse 18, it says, This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. You know, it's interesting, at the, the end of the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus is talking about how he will be with us. And at the beginning of the Gospel, Matthew is talking about how God is with us. From the beginning to the end, God is trying to tell us that he is with us. Even as we're sitting here this morning, he's not going to abandon us or leave us hanging. I mean, I think about 12 years ago, 12 years ago, I was in a really bad spot. My life was going in a a totally different direction, but I'm glad that people didn't have doubts. I'm glad that people still invested in me and wanted to share with me that God was with me think about how different my life would be without that. And there's more people to be saved out there. There's more churches to be planted across Texas, across Oklahoma. But let's not be overwhelmed with doubt. But let's adjust our focus. Let's bury our dead. Let's clothe ourselves with compassion devote ourselves to prayer and the word let's go where god wants us to go and as we're going remember what christ has already done for us amen Amen. at this time we're going to take communion the time where we think about christ's sacrifice for us let's go ahead and pray Father, thank you so much for your love. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for 12 years ago, sending people in my life to impact me. I think about all the times that I had denied you or or kept you away, but yet you continue to to pursue me, Father. Father, it's time, help us just to, to connect with your love. Help us to connect with the sacrifice of your son. And as we think about that love, help us to have a love for others. Help us to adjust our focus on you and then be able to focus that love on other people. Help us to to bury the sin that you sacrificed yourself for. And help us to, to devote ourselves to a relationship with you by praying and reading your word. Thank you. In Christ's name.